0: Um, and so now as we move more deeply into our scripture, our scripture this morning is from uh, Paul's letter uh, to the Thessalonian church, Paul's first letter. And Ralph is going to come and read uh, the text from First Thess- Thessalonians, Ralph. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ, you do not need to have anything written to you for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not be fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love. For a helmet. The hope of salvation for God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that wherever we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning, First Pres, and Selmo. Long time passerby, first time preacher. Can I see some like mic- Okay. I was telling the planning crew yesterday that um, I'm gonna miss not being able to hear any laughter. And Patrick promised that I would be able to hear him, but lo and behold, I was not. Um, Thanks for this invitation to be part of your worship service this morning. And since I accepted uh, the invitation to be with you, I had moments of logistical panic. I kept coaching myself to avoid those three small words that every preacher hates to hear. You are muted. So I'm happy to be heard to say, I'm glad to be with you today. And I'd also like to just extend some appreciation for the ways that you all are an example of worshiping well and staying safe while doing so. I don't know what the rush is for everyone else to want to gather um, when there's so much at stake when we choose to do that. So um, just appreciation for that. An appreciation that grace abounds because I'm trying to keep all of this straight and who knows, God only knows. So pray with me as we consider the theme for this morning, Stay Woke. Gracious God, help us to hear all that you have for us this day. Continue to surround us with your love that keeps us buoyant no matter what fine-tune the resiliency within us so that we might feel sustained, amen. Our text this morning is a latter portion of a letter that Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. At the beginning of this letter, he notes that he and his ministry partners are thankful for the Thessalonians because they have shown through their living circumstances how they have lived faithfully, have hoped in Jesus Christ, and how they have persevered. In fact, commentaries note that this letter was one of encouragement to a community facing social pressures and persecution, a hopeful note to undergird their faith, to acknowledge their steadfastness, to exhort them to remain vigilant as they all waited for the return of Christ. As I meditated on that beginning portion for a different sermon, I I wondered what it would be like to discover that your life's work, your calling or your vocation or your way of being had such an impact on a group of people you had spent a good deal of time with that you heard somewhere along the line reports that they likewise lived these righteous lives and that their actions were based on whatever they learned as a result of what you had modeled. That is how you lived your life. And the text says that it was for their sake, meaning that your actions were thoughtful and intentional. It came to me that what was being talked about was the notion of legacy. So if the beginning is about legacy, the ending points out how that legacy building perpetuates a life of readiness, forms the habits of righteous living and accentuates the kind of wokeness that a Jesus loving Justice oriented people aspire to. Legacy building and staying woke go together. Now, the definition of to stay woke I'm using refers to a 2016 paragraph, pa- paraphrase of being aware of the truth behind things the man doesn't want you to know. So, in other words, it's about someone who is thinking for themselves who sees the ways in which racism, sexism, classism affect how we live our lives on a daily basis. It is meant to challenge us to look past the provided narrative, to examine privilege and to retain or attain the mindset that each of our stories has merit. Each of our stories has merit. Verse six of today's text from the Common Common English Bible reads, so then let's not sleep like the others, but let's stay awake and stay sober. Woke or awake and sober invites us to consider what is happening around us and within us and to act according to our belief systems. This notion is an important one to consider because most, if not all of us, have spent time for the past eight months in some form of fashion, watching the lives of other people. We have binge watched old shows, surfed the internet, whether it was for national or global or current event news. And there's been plenty to watch or maybe it's instructional videos. I myself came across um, Masterclass. I don't know how many of you may have um, subscribed to that. And I saw a a guitar class by Carlos Santana. So there I was in class with Carlos Santana and I don't even play guitar, (laughs) but I just thought, hey, I can say that. And then there's others who would prefer watching cute animals being cute. We have been watching the lives of others, not necessarily live, but in real time. I found myself pondering while sitting in my usual spot, considering how I was actually watching other people's lives before my very eyes and not even my own life before my very eyes. I was mostly in solitude while learning about and having responses to the passing of cultural icons, civil rights heroes, sports hall of famers, a Supreme court justice entertainment industry giants. The most noble for me was the passing of Chadwick Bozeman, who for many of us represented a future for young black children that included superheroes that looked like them. The very impact of that idea held so much promise in the unleashing almost literally of the imaginations of marginalized people across the globe. We also watched or witnessed the travesty of a racialized society and the murder of George Floyd, a reality for the black community that has been repeated for decades, even centuries. Many of us have been lamenting where this country seems to be headed and we have been despondent, disappointed and terrified. This made me think of the way we consider legacy. People usually talk about that with futuristic intent The reality is we are right now building our legacy every day becomes a new piece of that legacy and if we're not authentically considering who we are how do we know if the legacy we desire you know the jesus worthy one is our true embodied legacy and by the way we are never going back to the way it was oh and because 2020 feels like one long day. At least it does to me. I'd like to also acknowledge that we've just had an election. A record number of Americans voted this time around. People apparently wanted their voices heard. I'm gonna say that they wanted to assert their right to be part of the conversation. They, we were speaking up for or against what we have seen and regardless of which side you've landed on. We have seen a lot in the past four years and particularly and specifically and especially this year. While so many either regaled or lamented, I found myself poised to prepare my spirit for some hard work about to happen. My theological imagination shifted for a moment to the story in the gospel of John chapter nine in which Jesus made a blind man to see. This might be a familiar story. Jesus meets a man along the way who is blind. He interacts with him and gives him some instructions which lead to his ability to see for the first time since birth. The Pharisees question this miraculous event The man's parents are questioned. The man himself is questioned. And Jesus says in verse four of that story, while it's daytime, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And then in verse five, we read that Jesus is the light of the world. So while we are to remain vigilant in the daylight, we must acknowledge It's not just any old light Colonel Clark, it's Jesus. We can imagine that this blind man was marginalized because he didn't have the same opportunities as the majority of his community. And when he met Jesus, he received sight. This was a life-changing event, an opportunity to participate as others have, to get a job, to be recognized to care for his family. Somehow the Pharisees couldn't embrace that, didn't want to consider how many other lives Jesus could change or maybe that was the real impetus for their actions to accuse Jesus of wrongdoing. They continued their threat to personal freedoms by questioning the man's parents. Any inkling of their knowledge of what happened would likely ostracize them from the community that supported, nurtured, and loved them, would threaten their sense of safety and security. Finally, Jesus states that he came so that those who don't see can see and those who see will become blind. The Pharisees sarcastically respond by saying, we're not blind, are we? And here's the line that pulls it all together for me, the line that brings me back to legacy and staying woke. Jesus says in verse 41 of that story, if you were blind, you wouldn't have any sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. In other words, you, none of us can't go forward from this point, having seen what you have seen and not be different, not act different, not want different in the name of what is just, of what is truth. As we take in the story, we can see where oppression abounds. We can find examples of bullying, threats to freedom, fear of disempowerment. And in our own realities, there are things we just can't unsee. Children caged up, and separated from their parents, overt acts of brutality, of murder, of means to try to disenfranchise voters, and to be fair, acts of tremendous kindness, of ways our communities Come together of life giving acts of those who've given their lives to care for the rest of us, those who have pledged to heal for our well being. The challenge for us is to stay woke, to see what you see to see what you've proclaimed you've seen. And as verse 11 of our first Thessalonians text tells us, to continue encouraging each other and building each other up just like you're doing already. We must venture into this meaning of staying woke and lean into a commitment to imagine this as the era of what Jesus might have meant about the responsibility of seeing. Many of us have had some moments to exhale. We've gotten a chance to smile about tomorrow and feel hopeful about the soul of a majority of a people. But our time together from this point forward is a marathon, not a sprint and go home. So now it's time better spent on preparing ourselves for what is to come. We could spend this time griping and lamenting but then our legacy suffers for it. Maybe what we could be doing is taking inventory. Maybe we could reflect on our dreams and visions that we had put on hold. Maybe this is the time to inhale, to move out of our own self's way and courageously ask ourselves, how have I been complicit in oppressive systems that rule my context, this culture, that we live in, the various cultures that we live in that intersect our realities. And then without fear, because we have the spirit within us, without the fear of actually brushing up against our own reality, our own real legacy can be revealed, whatever that looks like. Not who we think we are, but who we really are. Not children of darkness, but God's people who walk by the light of Jesus. And we should be woke enough to think about the choices that we have made, knowing that what we see may be uncomfortable. It's hard to imagine that as loving as you wanna be or as loving as you believe you are, there might be evidence in the pattern of choices that you've made that might prove otherwise. Choices to be silent because you didn't think it was your fight. Choices to not rock the boat or choices to throw money at a situation rather than experience discomfort. And yet it is essential for us to approach situations with compassionate, empathetic love to be faithful and to persevere with hope and to model what Jesus modeled for you. That becomes your real legacy We still have time to make changes to our personal and spiritual inventories as we continue to shelter in place and know that despite our past and our shortcomings, despite the parts of us that appreciate privilege, the parts that are non-confrontational and the parts of us that wanna be a millionaire someday, despite all of that, as Paul told the Thessalonians, you are loved by God, the amazing, Grace-filled reality is that God still loves us, and because of that, we aspire to bear witness to the living God who died so that all might be freed, and that witness becomes our real legacy, a stay-wokeness that will become an example for all believers. Amen.